Well, welcome back to The Bill Bennett Show. It's the podcast that takes a deeper look at the news of the day and gives you thoughtful perspective about what's happening in America, at home and abroad. Joining me today is Conrad Black, author and non-affiliated member of the House of Lords. Conrad, Lord Black, welcome to the show. Yes, sir. How are you? I'm in fighting trim. How are you? Good, good, good. Yeah, I can tell. I can tell. Look, am I imagining things, or are the Democrats getting just completely desperate? Oh, yeah, I think they're getting off the rocker. Yeah, I mean, I think it's... I mean, abolish ICE and uh, right. Michael Moore's million-man march to overthrow the government. I'm I'm allowing Trump to put Maxine Waters and, uh, as their sort of poster person. I, you know, I... Yeah. It, to me, it looks like, uh, you know, just looking at past elections, it's starting to look uh, like they're headed for the slaughterhouse, you know, like the Republicans in 64 or the Dems in 72. Well, you got to admit on the merits that they're right to point out that it's outrageous for a guy who was elected president to be able to nominate someone to the Supreme Court of his own choosing. I mean, you got to admit that's just, well, you going, know, I, I think, I think, <laughs> that's just going a little far. It's a little, I mean, it's such an egregious abuse of power. It's as if he actually thinks he has any right to regulate immigration, you know? Yeah. I mean, what the hell are we coming to? Is we, next, we'll be paying some attention to the Constitution. Yeah. Um, you've had several great columns that we can we can pick and choose from them, but... I, I'm just sending one in now that I, I think... It's Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, no, no, I, I, I'm sending it in. I just sent them at National Review. I just sent it in a few minutes ago, the latest one. But, uh, oh, what, anyway, what, no, what's in it? On. What was on your mind? I, I love the most recent. What, what What's it about? Uh, basically, the three Supreme Court decisions... The, obviously, the, the replacement of Kennedy. Uh, but I, 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 on the matter of the Mexican election, if this guy is serious about not pursuing the drug war, then, then Trump should have to use the army to close the border. And it'll, it, you'll, you'll get a, if, if that happens, I said that there would be a unification of opinion uh, such as that following Pearl Harbor. I mean, even Michael Moore and Maxine Waters can't say, even if they don't care about it as an issue themselves, they can't say we just let all the opioids and all the, uh, you know, all the illegal entrants pour in absolutely unmonitored which is what would happen if, if the Mexicans made no effort to... St- I mean, I don't think their effort's very adequate, but if they made no effort to uh, to stop the drug cartel, the, oh. the consequences would be very serious. Oh, well, you know you're talking to the former drugs, all right, the first one. Indeed, okay. I do. All right, so... Let now, me, but am I talking through my hat? I'm right. No, you're absolutely not, but let me tell you, I mean, only in this sense, not, they're, not, they're never talking through your hat, but... But in terms of what they are capable of, I was watching this uh, CNN show, uh, Michael Smirkonish. Have you ever seen that or heard of him? I think I've heard of him, but I don't okay, believe he's, he's a Philadelphia guy, uh, talk show host, and he's got a show on CNN. And I watch it because he's smart and tries to you know, achieve some measure of balance, though his definition of balance is 70-30, liberal for the most part. <laughs> yeah. But but he said um, he put his question up. He has a question up each uh, each show, and his question was: In light of um, problems at the border, should we just legalize everything? And I, I I was just stunned. I mean, I'm I'm struggling on this legalization of marijuana thing against the tide. Uh, yeah, and I, I I'm a legalizer too, but not on opioids. Yeah. Anyway, as long as you have compulsory treatment for hard drug addicts. Yeah, but but the but the the argument here, all, all I'm saying is that what would liberals say? They might say what this guy Smarconer said, which is, 
legalize them all. Let it, let it all come. Let it all happen, which would be suicide, insanity. That would crazy. be suicide. And but it's and, possible that's their view, or could become their view. Uh, given yeah, the hypothetical so. you you create, let, and let me just add to your point, and then, I, then I'll shut up. I want to hear from you. You are absolutely right because we already did this, and you probably know it. After nine eleven, we shut down the border. And you know something? Yeah. Drugs didn't come in, and illegals didn't come in. We know how to shut this border down. I mean, the wall's a great idea, but we can do it. It would one division to, to make it a watertight close, and you wouldn't have to kill anybody. You just, you know, get them out of their tunnels or out of the river and give them a cup of hot cocoa and send them back. Yeah. Yeah. So so go ahead with your piece about about the Mexican president. That's That's the thrust of it? Uh, yeah, and then uh, I basically take the point that uh, unless the Democrats pull up their socks, they're 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 really going to uh, hit a buzzsaw. And, and they they above all other things, they need a plausible leader. And the only one I can see is Michael Bloomberg. Uh-huh. I assume I assume this is his play, you know, throwing in eighty million bucks for these deadbeat candidates of the Dems. I, I think he's going for the nomination now. Albeit he'll be seventy-eight years old, I think it's good to extend the age. These guys in their seventies are are good presidents. I think. Wow, wow! I hadn't, I hadn't heard that. That's maybe that's right. They're casting about. What well, do you well, mean? Yeah, but who? Like, elect any of these insane women, Charlie. I mean, uh, uh, can you imagine putting up Pocahontas as the candidate? I mean, no. Donald will tear a limb from limb, Yo. which would be an amusing spectacle. What uh, uh, What about this uh, woman from the Queens who um, who won? Well, she, she, she's a, she needs a... Look, I don't want to sound condescending and typecasting okay. and all the rest okay. of it, but she okay. needs a good kick in the ass, doesn't she? I mean, she's, I mean, she's, a, she's a mouthy young person who, who you know, sees the world from a working-class apartment in the Bronx. And unless Queens. you're a Yankees fan, it doesn't look so great from there. But that's Queens. not the country. Queens. She, but isn't she Congresswoman from the Bronx? Oh, is she? Yeah, oh, right. she said, uh, oh, you're right. No, she, you're right. Old, She's Bronx, older, from Trump's Queens. You're, from you're right. Queens can't understand a young woman from Bronx. You, so you, you, got, <laughs> you got me. You got me on my own geography of my own city, Lord Black. <laughs> Son well, I, I was a resident there once too. I know. You know, you had a great line in your on your uh, essay about the debate with uh, Michelle Goldberg and whoever and and Jordan Peterson. We would you say yeah, Americans? You're, you're even reading my Canadian stuff, but they, they, they were absolutely hopeless. Now you you know Peterson and Steve no. Let me give you the compliment pretty, first. Let me give you the compliment first. You yeah. correct me, but you said. I love Americans. Sometimes the problem is they can't imagine a country outside their own, right? Something yeah. like that. Yeah, this woman, she might have just as well been talking to an audience in in Mineola or something, you know, yeah. or, or right in New York City. But the uh, the idea that Canadians, don't, you know, they're not that preoccupied with who the president of the U.S. is. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. everyone knows and they have their views, <laughs> but it's not a big issue. You know? She thought it was just a hot button, and she would say the name Trump, and they'd all... They'd all just leap to their feet, screaming shame or something. You know? but, yeah, who's a, who's a bigger villain right now uh, to these folks, Trump or Jordan Peterson? Well, uh, I do my best uh, beating the drums for Trump up here, but uh, he's kind of an un-Canadian figure, and they don't quite catch yeah. on. Yeah. Uh, but he has, as in the U.S., he has a lot more support than is immediately visible. Sure. Uh, because whenever I write about him, I get a great 
raft of messages uh, from from serious Canadians. I mean, you know, you can tell how how serious the readers that write to you are, and uh, you know, I mean, the yeah. judge so and so or so and so PhD or something, and, and uh, so he, he. But he's fundamentally just a little too bold and brassy yeah. for Canada, you know. Sure, sure. Uh, but, but the. Uh, but, uh, but people respect that he's, he's, you know, he's accomplishing some things. Uh, Jordan is a bit of a hometown hero. I mean, there are those, you know, the, the local left are appalled by him, but the great majority of people would say, you know, it's like Marshall McLuhan. He was a Canadian who became world famous for yeah. good reasons, and so it's a good thing. So he's kind of wearing the home sweater, you know. Yeah, no, I was reading his stuff and, and, and liking it very much, finding very, a lot of it very familiar. You know, he, he's, a, he's a good friend of mine. He is a startlingly intelligent man. I, I find he's not the easiest read, but, but that's, yeah. it's, it's, he's a worthwhile read, though. But I'll and tell you Stephen what. Stephen Fry was with him, whom I'm having dinner with tonight, you know. He's the, the quintessence of the verbally agile and amusing Englishman, you know. I mean, you, you can put him in a debate. Yeah. anywhere, as long as the debate's in English, on any subject, they'll somehow find an angle to charm the audience. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, when I was reading Peterson, I, you know, I get distracted by the parentheses. Um, but, you know, he'll say, I took a walk with my wife. Um, it, it warmed up to minus 27 or something. <laughs> you know, where, where, where is he from, Alberta or someplace? You know? Yeah, yeah, but it's never that temperature here. It's, just, it's about the same as New York here. I know. I know, but still, allow me, allow me to think of Canada's exotic. Look, he, he's a strange cat. He's got a, he has a modest house not far from the university, naturally, and, and, but, but he's built a room on the top of it, on the third floor, that is uh, uh, like a, a sort of native Indian longhouse with totem poles and things in it. I mean, he's, I mean, he, he is a, something of a, anthropological expert on the on the native people who uh, who are so over focused on politically in this country you can get a bit tired of them but but uh, let, let me indulge in my exotic views of canada i'm not interested in places that are like new york i'm i'm a student of the search for the northwest passage you know oh yeah when the brits were yeah trying to pull that off and you know lost ship after ship but you know kept yeah, being yeah. kept being dowdy about it you know so uh, here's here's what's interesting. You had a great uh, piece on American law and immigration law. After that primal scream from the Democrats, that yowl about the children and their parents and all, it is amazing. Um, and I talk about this a little bit. Uh, I talked about it a little bit earlier in this podcast, how the numbers went for Trump. I mean, I talk well, about he, a, he a misread. Go ahead. Yeah. Did he not? Yeah, he went up. He went up. This debate, which they framed in their terms on all their media and screamed and shouted and got Republicans to join in about separation of parents and children, Trump gained up. Yeah, I got it. Went up. Gained points. Well, look, I, I debunk it again today. I mean, the you know, I mean, you got four hundred thousand children in foster homes, sixteen thousand in New York City alone. You've got. 760,000 was the number I have, uh, young people whose parents are in prison. I mean, what are we talking about? You know, I mean, yeah. these, 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 according to what I saw on television, these people, uh, never mind that their entry was illegal and their 
parents had no right to either bringing them in or abandoning them. Um, they, they, they obviously live better than they did at home. And it looks like they live in McDonald's or something. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you ask the American people a question. I'm sure the pollsters didn't put it this way, but I would. If a bunch of people cross into this country illegally and put the president in a situation where, given the state of the law, it's very tough to figure out what to do without, you know, somebody suffering, whose fault is it? And the American people say the people who crossed in illegally, for God's sake. Unless the president happens to be Nixon or Trump. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That would be it. Yeah. Yeah. But what is it, Orwell? Sometimes the first duty of intelligent men is a restatement of the obvious. Yeah. The obvious here is they, they crossed in illegally and put us in a bind because we are a compassionate people, right? Of course. it's a, uh, Americans are actually quite generous. And, uh, I mean, otherwise, it, there, would, there wouldn't be so many immigrants there now. Yeah, but these Canadian immigrants, we have to do something about that, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, I know they're a terrorist. <laughs> they're, a, they're, a, they're a threat. So tell us about global warming. You see, I, I, read, the, I read Conrad Black cover to cover. My God, I am, I am flattered. Uh, well, I mean, do you disagree with me? I don't think they made any proof of the case. I, I mean, I, I don't even... Look, the argument would be extremely familiar to you, and it's, it's nonsense for me to go through it with you, but they, uh, it's, they, there is no proof of global warming. And, you know, there, it's one centigrade change in 80 years degree, and we have World War II and all kinds of things in the middle of it. Uh, and that isn't a, that isn't a trend. Uh, on climate change, I, one, you'd have to watch it for longer. Two, there's no evidence that it's... Uh, influenced by people, anthropogenic or whatever the word is, and if it's occurring at all. And three, uh, it is not clear what to do about it. So this idea that we suddenly all have to live under thatch and bicycle to work and so forth, I mean, it's it's just insane. And my theory is, which I admit I've taken from Nigel Lawson, the former British chancellor, my colleague in their lordship's house, who is quite a spokesperson on this thing, uh, is that the international left, having been completely defeated in the Cold War and defeated in detail within the U.S. and the U.K. by Reagan and Thatcher and rejected in a number of other countries, uh, just accidentally sort of backed into the environmental movement, which when, you know, when you were in the, in the cabinet position was really bird watchers, conservationists, butterfly collectors, and people complaining about air and water pollution. Uh, all good causes, though I found Greenpeace quite tiresome at times when they harassed aircraft carriers and things. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. but uh, it's just been taken over by the left. Rather the way those, those uh, left-wing guerrilla movements in Colombia were taken over by the drug cartels. Their space has just been invaded by people who've been displaced, and it's an army in retreat that's just raised a new flag. And and the whole thing's a scam, I think. You, know, you can tell a little bit about the scam aspect, or the not uh, persuasive aspect, at least, uh, by what they've abandoned. And I mean, this is not talked about anymore. It's kind of like... Well, they collu- pretty well abandoned global warming now. Yeah, it's pretty much... It's like collusion. You know, it's now we're on to obstruction of justice or separation of families. Yeah, yeah. Or, or, or bullying Michael Cohen. Right. Or yeah. what they're not... Uh, so what they're not talking about is very telling, it seems to me, when they have the cause of the day, you know? Right? 
what they, what they abandoned. What they abandoned. So let me ask you this. I, I maybe I, I got a couple of comments saying I was out of turn. I was on Fox recently, and I said, given all this hysteria on the part of the, the Democrats and the Maxine Waters stuff and the assaulting people in restaurants, you know, throwing out people you don't agree with and saying, you know, you should insult uh, people who support Trump for the rest of their lives, all this leftist stuff. I said, I, I borrowed a, a line from Walker Percy, one of my favorite novelists, who says, you know, talked about the triangulation point. And Bing's bowling and pursuing this woman sees this other guy is all kind of flim-flam, so he decides to be all business to the other guy's monkey business. So I I said, um, I think the president should try to be a little more all business just to contrast with this monkey business. Now, I, I want Trump to be Trump, but I know who he is, and I read your book, and I know part of this, you know, can't change. But I detect a little less... Um, emotion in the tweets and in the interviews a little more leavening maybe of yes. the, the of the character because the burdens of the office and the responsibilities of the office if he could tone it down i guess that's what i want to see but 10%. i think that's what's in progress it's a great you do, you do? You agree with me? You i do I agree, me. I agree completely okay. i mean I, I think he's uh, you know, he's, he's, he's used that old French expression, he's more comfortable in his own skin, you know. I yep. mean, he's, yep. look, in the early days, he was under siege. People were leaking whole uh, recordings of con- uh, yep. conversations yep. with Malcolm Turnbull and other foreign leaders and uh, the Russians yep. and so forth. And, uh, you know, it, it, it was, as uh, Britt Hume said, the White House was a floating crap game, and yet the Mooch and all these guys coming through. But um, it, it's Friend all. Of mine, the mooch. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, look, I I think he's a talented guy, but he had to be out of his mind getting bombed and giving the interview to the New Yorker. <laughs> but but the uh, the <laughs> we all make mistakes, but yeah. you know, sometimes yeah, not, not on the phone but, with a reporter. That's right. That's <laughs> but the uh, I I think he looks just much more comfortable as president. Yeah. And, and and so he should. I mean, he's done a good job. His polls have rallied, and he's obviously, you know, getting uh, his arms around the job. And 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 the country's more comfortable with him because yes. all the horror stories and right. uh, predictions, you know, right. terror tactics at the beginning have all gone for nothing. I mean, he, he's not a warmonger. He's not a sexist. He's not a racist. That was all nonsense. And and, yeah. and 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 he's doing well. And this is a moment to, if, again, to adjust tone by 10%. Yeah, no, the, I think you're right. The more if, adjustment, if he, the better the contrast with the craziness going on on the left. You're absolutely, if, he, if he could just smooth it down a little more yeah. and, and, uh, and get a little less ad hominem. Yes. You get a bit of, I'm the president, and I'm about, you know, a bit of that sort of, Roosevelt, uh, noblesse, you know, right. that's all, you know, right. that kind of thing. Just wave of his, whatever his equivalent of a cigarette holder is. Uh, that's right. It, 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 that's what the public wants. I mean, Dean Acheson, of all people, said that, that the, he never pretended to be Roosevelt to be a man of the people. Uh, he he was a monarch and and yeah. and not a bourgeois monarch like the British. He was a Bourbon monarch, but a, a, a man who had good intentions for the country, and they recognized that and they liked it. Well, Donald will never be an Aristo or even a patrician, but but he could. He's very close to being. There's there's a very rich, accomplished guy who cares about me, and that's that's a, that's a very good place to be in the. 
public's mind, I think. Yeah. What are yeah. we? I mean, I know we have trouble seeing beyond our own borders, and we think we are the world, and you know, and all that. But, no, but it, that, we that, got that, some that, good it, stuff. It, right? That's excusable. It's such an immense country, and it's and it's such yeah. a, 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 a astonishing center of activity operating even now. Uh, as it has for more than a century on a scale the world had never prior to that thought to be possible. Um, so the American preoccupation with itself is not narcissism. It's America-centricity is based on the fact that it's an interesting big place. Um, I, I, I think it might be, if if I may sound a, a note that is not disrespectful but uh, at all, but indeed appreciative of certain American qualities that it might be it might be useful to reflect that the, uh, what was written and uh, or at least completed and signed by Jefferson on the 4th of July was a magnificent work of propaganda uh, everyone almost every informed person in the world is familiar with the eloquent beginning and ending of it but in the middle is a sort of Nuremberg trial-like attack on George III, who was not a very good king, but he was not a bad man. And uh, and uh, something of an attack on the native people. It is understandable, but a bit excessive. But I, I, I think the, um, the Americans would do themselves no disfavor now by recognizing that since it was the first serious country set up without its own specific language and culture, I mean, the French spoke French, the uh, you know, Spanish spoke Spanish, and Dutch spoke Dutch, and so forth. Uh, and the United States was the second English country. So it took for itself this role as the universal font of freedom in the world. And in fact, Americans didn't really have greater liberties after the revolution than they had before, but they had a government in their own territory. And, and they didn't have greater liberties than the Swiss or the English or the... Uh, most of the Scandinavians and some of the Dutch. But what was successful was this idea of a beacon to the world. Those yeah. countries hadn't inspired the world with their notion of liberty, and the Americans did. And and let, let no one on, on this 4th of July, let nobody in the world, and particularly no one outside the United States, fail to recognize that it is the United States that... Uh, that was chiefly responsible for the success, the very great success of democracy and the free market in the world. The irony, I put it to you, is that the United States, up until very recently, and possibly even right now, is not a particularly well-functioning democracy, but it is certainly the greatest democracy. We'll leave it there. It's a beautiful and indeed thoughtful message. It was Conrad Black, author of the new book, Donald J. Trump, a president like no other and a non-affiliated member of the House of Lords. And that's just about it for this episode. To catch up on previous episodes of the show, go to BillBennett.com. You can follow me on Twitter at William J. Bennett, and you can like me on Facebook. Just search Bill Bennett. Feel free to email the show. I'd love to hear from you. It's BillBennettPodcast at gmail.com. Please share the podcast with your family and friends. We will catch up next week.